Welcome aboard, Captain. Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss and probe Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Soger. Hey, Dave. Chris. It's Friday. It is Friday. It's Friday. It's minute 24 of The Voyage Home. Uh, Minute 24 starts with Kirk asking Spock what he makes of that. It ends a minute later with Kirk asking Uhura to modify the probe signal. Uhura getting, uh, she's getting a lot of work to do. I feel like this would be a, uh, you know, this is a good test of Uhura's skills. And, mm. and uh, I wonder if, you know, in uh, Starfleet Academy, if these were things, things that she had to do with signals was adjust for mm. different factors. Interesting, like yeah. We're going, mm. to, we're going to talk about this minute, so. I totally wonder, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get, let's get started. Yeah. Uh, uh, Spock, Kirk asking Spock what he, uh, what he makes of that. Yeah. What do you I, make of that Spock? Is it, does Kirk ever give his opinion on what he makes of it? Or is it always just, he just throws the ball at Spock. You, you nope, tell me. Throw, yep. Well, he's the smartest man alive. So. <laughs> smartest man alive. Yeah. You've had your issues with Spock, um, in a couple of minutes here. And yeah. I think this is where I'm sort of, and I don't know if it's necessarily Spock. It's, it's more of the writing. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, Spock says it's most unusual, an unknown form of energy of great power and intelligence. Well, A, how does he know that? Mm-hmm. How does he? Yeah, I, we can all assume that if he's vaporizing Earth's oceans, then yes, it's a great power. Like, I, I'll give him that for sure. I, I buy it. How it, does he know it's a great intelligence? No or it idea. Has, it, yeah. it has. And then it says, evidently unaware that its transmissions are disruptive. And we've been talking that we don't think that the probe is uh, is doing this, uh, that these are um, harmless transmissions, that it's doing these on purpose. Like you had said, the traveler is there to destroy and reseed Earth. Yep. Like this is – and to me, this seems like it's a fundamental change then from the book to the movie in the sense that – they are making it seem like the probe is doing this accidentally. Exactly. Yeah, it's a different, a totally different tone in the book. Yeah. Um, and then Spock says, "I find it illogical that its intentions could be hostile," which, again, we know differently from the book that it's totally hostile. It's totally. And, it's, yeah. It's yeah. It's doing it deliberately. And then McCoy jumps in and is like, "You think this is the?" Uh, you know, it's way of saying hi there to the people of Earth. And like he totally like I, I feel like he tries to deflate Spock's, you know, thing like clearly, you know, he's being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And I believe he sort of gets it. He's like, yeah, they're, they're here to do some damage, dude. Right. Like you need to you need to check yourself with that. Not hostile. Do you are you saying so you said you were. You were, you didn't like the minute because of the writing. Is it is it because this first? Like, well, it's because the... it's because of that they they in these two phrases that Spock 
says, which is the next one I'll, uh, we'll get into, it, it's that he thinks that he, he somehow knows that the, the probe is intelligent somehow mm-hmm. and that there's no hostility. Like, how would he know that? Like, if they're, da- if they're you know, there's no power left, like all orbiting power uh, ships are, are, are disabled. They're totally like, I would think host- the first thing that would come to my mind is like, oh, my God, they're there to destroy Earth. Like, yeah, why is he giving I, the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, and then he goes on to say, he goes, you know, uh, McCoy says, uh, you think th- this is the, you know, it's a way of saying hi there. And then Spock is like, well, there are other forms of intelligence on Earth, Doctor. Only human arrogance would assume the message must be meant for man. Yeah, I guess it is because it's affecting the ships that we fly in and the power we consume. So. Yeah, I would say it was meant for me in some evil way, which we learn it it's not. But I just feel like that this is another one of those like, hey, we're just going to write this in and Spock will know that it's not meant for man. So it's it's sort of the easy way out instead of them sort of figuring it out. Like I feel like they could have done without this line to make him seem so so smart. Mm-hmm. And they could have been – they could have started with the um, – you know, maybe Spock says, uh, you know, the president did say it was directed at Earth's oceans. And then, you know, he, he says, like, let's let's try the signal let's as if it was un- yeah. underwater. And then, you know, and then maybe Spock is like, oh, well, maybe the message isn't meant for man to begin with because it's going to the ocean. But right off the bat, I feel like it's sort of lazy writing in the sense that they're like, oh, well, Spock knows. Like, he's the smartest man alive because he knew that it wasn't meant for man to begin with. Like, I feel like that's that's lazy. I, uh, I just, uh, I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing a new T-shirt design. Spock, smartest man alive. So I just want to see that shirt. Do you know what? I, do you know what I mean? I, no, no, like, I do. They, they, I, I agree with you, and I think the writers are are trying to. They assume the audience are stupid, thick as a brick. Like yeah. we gotta, we gotta tell them <laughs> that, you know, it's it's not it's not an attack. Right, they're just. I feel like they're doing it for the audience that we wouldn't figure right. out, um, and so it's a little. Um, uh, it's too on the nose, right? Yes. Um, it, you're right. They could have they, uh, they could have cut a lot of this and just said, okay, let's. What are we gonna do? Let's let's get to work, team. Let's let's figure out what's going on, and the, and then you know, as part of their investigation, that's when they're like, well, wait a minute, maybe it's not meant for humans, right? Yeah, I yeah. If it was I feel meant like for humans. It... Why is it being blasted into the ocean? Right. Exactly. That's that's what I'm trying to say is like they could have been clever, cleverer about it, more clever about it in the sense that they could have started the investigation. You know, he says, you know, Spock, what do you make of it? And he says, you know, most unusual. It's an unknown form of energy. Uh, and evidently, you know, uh, we need to, you know, it's directed at its oceans. Maybe we start there. And, you know, then Kirk starts the investigation rolling. They figure some stuff out. And Spock goes, well, you know, maybe – Maybe the message wasn't meant for man, and maybe it doesn't know that it's you know. Maybe you do it that way, right? And maybe it's just a little bit of changing the words around a little bit to not seem so. Because here, I feel like Spock's totally smarmy, and he's he's just being a, a jerk. Yeah, yeah, and it's. It, it, I mean, it's. I think it's. Be. I think we've talked about it already. You know, we're minute twenty four, <clears throat> but I feel like they're really trying to like hustle us along, right? Yes. All right, let's get to it's. You know, let's get to they. They figure it out so they can get them. They, we can get get Kirk and company into action to save the day, right? Um, rather than giving them a little bit of time to try and 
solve the problem or, you know or figure out the clues and then you know then jump into action right um i mean if that's uh, the case then you could have cut out a crap load of the movie <laughs> and just had the probe show up and do the water thing and disable the stuff and send out the message and you know you cut out 20 minutes and you can do the probe thing in like five and you know then you end up with you know 20 extra minutes to do an investigation and be like hey you know this is is that what we want to see though do we want to see 20 minutes of investigation <laughs> no that's you know what i mean yeah i know uh as we're again as we're rewriting you know as we're expert you know, writers and producers and directors and, you know, editors, you know, as, as we, you know, have traveled down that career for many years, you and I, of Clearly. doing these movies, we know better, so. Of course. <laughs> um, I just, again, I, I, I did not like this minute for that, that, that reason. I feel like it's a little lazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, uh, I, I don't dislike this minute, but I agree with, the, yeah, they, they could have. They could have cut a little bit of this exposition out. I don't know if it's necessarily exposition, but it just it feels it's in that vein. Yeah. Um, I will say I like this minute um, for the line. Uh, Kirk says, you know, you're suggesting the transmission is meant for a life form other than man. Um, this uh, has always spins me out to um, the dolphins from Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> so long and... Thanks for all the fish. Exactly, because um, you know I think it's it's there. It's I think they're I think in the in the in that in those books that dolphins are supposed to be the, the second most intelligent species, right, on Earth. So it's not not right. the whales. I, I think the first, of course, it's probably a joke. I don't know if humans are either. Yeah, um, that, that's always kind of the running gag in those books. Um, uh, but yeah, so I always think of when that when at this point, like, oh yeah, the probe is probably trying to communicate to the dolphins, mm. and. Uh, um, I think that'd be, maybe that might, I wonder if that was, uh, is they were thinking about, you know, I know Nimoy was trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to introduce, um, you know, this, this, uh, ecological calamity in the future, you know, caused by something in the past, you know, I wonder if he considered dolphins, um, uh, going extinct before whales, you know, if, how many, how many, how many species did he think about uh, right. before landing on whales, um, because I think it'd also be funny if they decided it was like starfish. <laughs> we get to go back in time and save the starfish. Right, right. Um, so yeah. So when did so Hitchhiker's Guide came out? In what late seventies, early eighties? Uh, so this was yeah. So would, so this would have been I don't know after. So this would have been after. So do you think yeah maybe they took inspiration? I mean obviously the movie was made in result of a lot of the protests that were going on at the time, mm -hmm. but do you think he necessarily took? the that like the, been inspired by in some way yeah a little bit yeah i think that's what i'm asking yeah probably a stretch i think you know i think the i don't think the hitchhiker's guide that was done in i don't think it was like really an ecological message there either right because the dolphins i think are right they, they right. knew they knew earth was going to be destroyed and they were trying to communicate to humans all along by you know by doing all the silly things that they do, like bouncing balls on their nose and stuff. They, that was supposed to be the way they were warning earthlings that the destruction was coming. Right. Uh, so I don't think it was, I don't, I don't, I don't remember picking up on those kinds of messages in, in those books. They were just more silly. Mm, right. Um, uh, 
So what is Spock says, yeah, it's a possibility, Admiral. The president did say it was directed at Earth's oceans. This line bugs me a little bit too. Um, because the president says that the probe is vaporizing our oceans. Um, yes. and I think it's, I think it's, you know, Spock's making, you could interpret that, I think a couple of ways and Spock, you know, immediately goes to, Oh, you know, the transmissions being pointed at the oceans right? Ra yeah. rather than the oceans being vaporized as a side effect of the transmissions. Um, so he made a leap, I think there that, Oh, he told know. this whole minute he makes a leap. <laughs> Spock makes a leap. It's not even a little bit. I mean, it's he's assume he he believes it has intelligence. He believes the message isn't meant for man, and he believes the message is directed at the ocean. So, he totally makes a leap in this minute. I think I'm going to have to agree with you, Dave, that Spock is the smartest man. Alive. He is he's totally the smartest man alive. <laughs> see, but, see, guys, what what the president really meant. I know he said <laughs> I know he said vaporizing, but what he meant was it was directed at the ocean. That's what he meant. Why you green-blooded inhuman? He's uh he's well actually well actually. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Well then, while we're talking about Spock being the smartest man alive, I think Kirk is a close second. Mm. Uh, because he wanders over to Uhura and, and immediately, you know, I I've always let me take a step back. So I always love um Spock and Kirk's unspoken language. Mm. And I remember we talked about this um, in Wrath of Khan uh, when uh, Spock, Spock says that, you know, uh, Khan um, it thinks it, his pattern is two-dimensional, right? He's, he, he's implying right. that, that, you know, Khan is not, he doesn't have experience and doesn't think three-dimensionally. And he just throws that line out and Kirk just goes, aha, you know, Z minus 10,000 meters, right? He, he they don't. They don't have to say all of the all the words, right? And it's it's almost like this too. So Spock says something about the oceans, and Kirk immediately immediately says, "Hey, let's see what this signal sounds like underwater." Like that's a pretty that's another leap too. I think I don't know if you right. know what I mean. They wow, he went to it just like that. Yeah. Um. And wouldn't and I and I, I guess it just shows how how. Uh, smart I am because I would have just said hey Hura, what would this thing sound like underwater and he's like can you account for density temperature salinity salinity right, yeah. I, I, I gotta say Kirk's a pretty smart guy himself it's very clever yeah oh yeah definitely yeah I would have been like what does it sound like underwater yeah well how would I do that <laughs> well you would adjust for uh, density and uh, what else uh that would that would be fun too if they're all just throwing out ideas. Uh, the oceans are cold. Change the temperature. Really salty. Salinity. I don't know. <laughs> There's other fish in there. Can you account for schools of fish in there too? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I guess we don't get an answer, right? He asked Uhura in this minute uh, if she can modify the signals, but we don't know the right. answer yet. We have to yep. wait until minute twenty-five. Come on. Um. And so, yeah, that's what that's 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 my question is I think I said at the top of the show is, you know, do you think Uhura, this, this is the challenges, of, you know, communications officers in Starfleet they have to they have to do, deal with in their final. Tell right, me what this yeah. signal sounds like when it's passed through a supernova or underwater or underground, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Interesting. Hmm. Is there anything you liked about this minute? 
McCoy calling out Spock. <laughs> yep, McCoy is true to form. I'll give you that. I think that was about it. Yep. Uh, I guess I do, yeah, I, I like the minute, but again, only because I drift into a totally different series. I go, I go mm. to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it makes me want to pick up the books right now and read them. So uh, I like it for that reason. Right. Okay. Well, then, uh, anything else good, sir? No, I think I'm good. All right. Shall we? Uh, it's Friday. Time it is Friday. To, time to thank the patrons. It is time to thank the patrons. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so uh, it's Fridays, and um, uh, folks, we started up a Patreon this season. Uh, so if you head over to StarTrekMinute.com, click on the Patreon link, you too could join, uh, uh, become a patron of the show. Um, uh, all of all of our support that we get from our patrons uh, uh, goes back to help keep the lights on here at Star Trek Minute. And uh, depending on what level of a patron you become, uh, we got lots of goodies to give back to uh, to you, the patron. Um, uh, we got stickers. We've got uh, uh, a weekly bonus episode, uh, Saturday morning trek that occurs on once a week, yep. um, uh, and other good stuff. Uh, so check it out. Um, but one of the benefits we have is on Fridays. We want to just uh, say thank you to uh, all the patrons who are currently supporting the show. So uh, we're going to go through the roll call. Yes, Dave. Sure, absolutely. Are you doing it this week or am I? Well, I think I'm doing it. All right, then. Uh, all right. The floor is yours. Okay, so we got uh, we got good old Captain America, Steve Rogers. Thank you, sir. Uh, we got Conrad, mm-hmm. Giraffe Bear, uh, Kevin. Mm-hmm. We have Con Nooney and Shane. Uh huh. Clever. New, new new member, new uh, new patron. Thank you, sir. Welcome aboard. We uh, Sagacious Crumb, also a new member. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> um, the Carlisles, love the Carlisles. We got Timmy Bricks. Good old Timmy Bricks. Timmy Bricks. Uh, we have Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. Mm-hmm. And uh, always always a favorite. Uh, we are the Davids. Your Patreon will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Every, every week it's something different. It's fantastic. <laughs> and then uh, we have uh, a, a change name. Uh, uh, Worf's sweaty sock drawer. <laughs> I think that's I think that's our friend John. Ah, uh-huh, okay. So people are getting clever with their names now. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. That is not something. I I don't like what that what he just put in my head with that A sweaty sock. <laughs> that's gross. So Klingon. Yeah, I mean not. Yeah, Klingon sweaty socks is probably a whole different level of sweaty socks. <laughs> awesome. Is that everyone? That's everybody. Excellent. Well, yes, thank you one and all. Uh, uh, really appreciate your support. Humbled by your support. And, uh, uh, again, it's keeping the lights on here. And uh, and we're having a good time doing our, our, our weekly bonus episode. That one comes out on Saturdays. Uh, so I hope you guys are enjoying it, too. And, uh, again, if you uh, if you guys are interested, uh, those of you who haven't uh, become a patron, uh, check it out. Uh, check out the different levels that... Uh, um, you can sponsor the show at and uh, uh, decide to sign up. We uh, really appreciate it. So thank you all. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. All right, man. Let's uh, uh, let's call it then and uh, head out for the weekend. I guess we get a, I guess we gotta do that bonus episode. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday and talking about uh, minute 25 of the voyage home. 
here at Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.